something like that with Nav. Uh, two things I've noticed in this particular podcast is one, I need to hire makeup artists. Baby powder is not working for me for the camera. So I definitely need to get a makeup artist or a better camera that could magically make me look good. But uh, if you're listening to the podcast, then okay, la, it's absolutely fine. And secondly, I got to change my backdrop. And this is the ugliest backdrop I've ever had for this, this season of my podcast. I really got to change that. Welcome to something like that. My name is Nev and uh, we feature all the great bands, great music, artists, um, anybody involved in the arts and entertainment scene. And uh, it's been an interesting year and for me and uh, loads of bands have been featured on the uh, podcast. If you want to check them out, all you have to do is just visit our website, which is www.sltwithnav.com. And if you're on social media, Please be sure to follow me on my Instagram and Facebook if it's possible. Yes, Instagram, I am not so much of a social media savvy person. So help me out. Just follow me and uh, well, kind of like the pictures or videos or whatever you see. there. All right. In the meantime, today, I have a bunch of interesting guys uh, stumbled upon their music recently. And uh, I just have to know who are they? What are they all about? What's the music like? Because for the very first time on my podcast, I have done absolutely zero homework because I couldn't find any details about them. So the best way to know the band is to chat with them. So let me bring everybody on board. I got Adam, I got Ajit, I got Dowd, right? Okay. And uh, please, I hope I got this name right, Porcelain, right? Yes. Okay, good. Absolutely nice, man. Hey, thank you very much for taking the time and coming on board the podcast. It is, I know every one of you had a busy day. and uh, But what's interesting about your band is I've been trying to do some homework, some digging up and all, and you guys seems to be uh, seem to be off the radar except for Instagram. Why is that? Well, we're pretty new. We're only four shows in, and I guess technically we're just six months old. So oh. that kind of explains why you can't find a lot of us. Ah, yeah. okay, yeah. okay. Six months old. That's very new, man. Yeah. That is absolutely new. So... Which means I get to be the first. I think I get to be the first to find out more about the band. And uh, let's let's start it off with who's who in the band and how did it all start for you guys? Okay, I guess I'll start first. Uh, my name's Adam. I am the lead singer slash the rhythm guitarist. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Ajith. I play the lead guitar. Cool, and, yeah. man. Mm-hmm. And doubt. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and, yeah. Um. Hi guys, yeah. So I'm Dawit, I'm the drummer. Um, unfortunately, Joe can't join us. Uh, he has some some of the stuff to tend to. But what yeah, does Joe do? Joe is our bassist, so he's, cool. he's he can join us. Yeah, but but yeah, and, thanks for having us on the show. Hey, it's my pleasure, man. It's my pleasure. So, how did this this band form? I mean, six months ago, what you guys decided that hey, let's let's get together and come up with the band, or is this like you guys been you known each other for a very long time? <laughs> I think we'll let Ajif answer this question because it kind of started from him. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah. So basically, uh, six months back, uh, I texted Adam. I had been talking to Adam on Instagram for a while. So I texted Adam and I asked him if he wants to join a band that I was starting. And he was going to be the first member if he decided to to, to actually join. Um, okay. So I said it's going to be a shoegaze band. And he was like, you know, what if we do something more? And then... He sent me a playlist of stuff that had a bunch of different genres, post-hardcore, some post-rock, uh, some Midwest emo and stuff. So he said, let's do like stuff like this. 
And I was pretty interested, so I said yes. Then we were like, okay, so we only need to find a drummer and a bassist now. So uh, Adam's friend, uh, at, that, at that time, Adam and Drew had already known each other for a couple of years. So okay. Adam reached out to Drew um, to ask him if he wants to hop on as our bassist. And I talked to a couple of friends and uh, one of them uh, suggested Dawood to me. said, you know, you can text this guy. He might be interested in joining your band. So I texted Dawood and he agreed. So that happened, yeah. That was absolutely quick, man. I, so you mean to say that not all you guys were not friends, all friends prior to that, except for you and Adam. It was just <laughs> nope, like three strangers and just joining in together. That's that's pretty interesting, mm-hmm. man. Because you you have different lifestyles. It's like are we any one of y'all are college buddies or anything like that? No, right? No, not no. at all. Wow, uh, that is. Mm-hmm. That is so interesting eh? because most of the bands I chat with is either they've been college mates or childhood friends or people that hang out most of the time together. But you guys seem to be like complete strangers just coming together and uh, forming a band all together. And yeah, uh, of it, course, sorry, you think? Yeah, it definitely felt like that because I think when our first jam session came around, it was a little bit awkward because it was our first time <laughs> meeting each other. So we were just like, oh, okay. It definitely felt different than, you know, getting together as a band where you actually know each other for like the entirety of high school and stuff. It felt like a business meeting, if I do say so myself. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. but how did that reflect on your chemistry as a unit? I mean, in terms of performing and so on, um, uh, I, I'm pretty sure that would have been a bit difficult, right? I, I would say we kind of hit it off pretty fast because we kind of just chose the songs that we all collectively like, like the kind of genres that we can kind of vibe with. So the first jam sesh, yeah, sure. Maybe we're just very socially awkward as people, but as musicians, we kind of just hit it off. Yeah. Nice. Uh, and well, it, in order for you to know about a band or rather their music, uh, it's always reflected through their influences or the kind of music they listen to. Uh, what about you guys? Uh, can you just help me? I go into. Let's go around the table, and uh, each of y'all tell me who do you listen to and what's on your playlist uh, mo- most of the time. Okay, for me, um, I'm kind of jack of all trades. I, I sure personally is uh, primarily a rock band, but personally, I listen to a lot of hip hop. I started off okay. with hip hop actually, and on my free time. I think I like to listen to a lot of 2000s band like Chris DeVille, um, All Time Low. Those are my inspirations. So if okay. you listen to Porcelain and you hear like 2000s inspiration, that's where I kind of come in and just pour it into the band. Yeah. Okay. How about you, Ajit? Um, <clears throat> I guess for me, I, I sort of listen to some of the more obscure genres within like the umbrella of rock. So okay. that's stuff like uh, psychedelic rock and like shoegaze. Those, I guess, were, are, are my two main genres. So in terms of shoegaze, I listen to bands like Slow Dive, um, Nothing, My Bloody Valentine. Uh, I listen to, and in terms of like psychedelic rock, it's mainly Tame Impala, uh, some Morgan okay. Delt. So yeah, someone, those are my influences. I haven't heard those names in a while, say. man. Yeah. Pretty interesting influence. And uh, for you, Dowd, how about you? Yeah, I mean, um, I I don't know, like I didn't I did never listened to any of the genres these guys would say. Like I pretty much just listen to pop punk most of the time. Um, actually, what IGF has been listening to had never like even crossed my my mind to listen to, um, like shoegaze, uh, whatever IGF said was like, like psychedelic rock. I think the only psychedelic rock I listened to would probably be like 
uh, red hot chili peppers. Um, other than that, yeah, it was mostly pop punk, like you know, like MCR, uh, Paramore, like these these okay. kind of guys as well. There's a lot of thrash metal. Um, so you know, think think mega death. Um, kind of kind of metal. Um, yeah, I mean, those were my influences. But I I like to go back to the previous question, which was um, how do we meet? So. You know, I just, I just pretty much, you know, like, uh, we have a mutual friend, I guess. Um, his name is uh, Arif. So shout out to okay. Arif for hooking us up. Um, he, he pretty much um, texted me saying that, hey, bro, you know, I have this friend. He, he wants to form a band. And I'm like, okay, cool. Um, so he passed me Ajif's contact or I, I forgot who contacted who. Um, I think Ajif, Ajif reached out to me. I say, yeah, sure. Um, he added me to WhatsApp group. Um, we kind of set a day to, to jam. And it was at like, this really, like, far studio in Kota de Mansara. For context, I stayed in Bangi. I stayed in Bangi at the time. Wow. So, yeah, it was like a, what, one hour drive. And I think I showed up late. Uh, yeah, in, like, we, couldn't, drummer, we couldn't find in, a drummer. Drummer. Yeah, in like a drummer fashion, I showed up kind of late, I think. <laughs> I thought drummers <laughs> and, were and, early at most of the time. It's the vocalist that comes uh, in late. The, the reason why we come in late is I think because like the only thing we carry to the studio is like a pair of sticks. So like okay. I literally like walk up to the studio and like show up with, with just a pair of sticks, and then um like these guys are still setting up, so like it kind of makes up for the time that I come late. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's why he likes it. But, <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, I think I think um, you know, like and and the funny thing is that I think these guys kind of sussed me out and and kind of caught me lacking a bit. Because I didn't really practice any of the songs except one. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, and, and yeah, and I think um, that that actually kind of um, opened up the opportunity to to practice again. I guess since you know, like the first session was like us kind of like messing around, trying to figure out what each other's uh, playing style is. And I think by the second time we we met up, we tried another studio. Um, and I think from there, you know, um, I we all kind of studied the songs and. Um, we got to a point where I think we were comfortable with with each other, and then okay. it, it kicked off, and you know we started writing our own stuff, and I think it was pretty cool. Yeah. Well, lesson that we will take our take back from this one is one to the uh, present drummers and future drummers, or for those who are planning to form a band, do not listen to these guys. It is not okay to show up late for a jamming <laughs> session. Okay, moral number one. <laughs> okay, do not do that. Do ever, ever do that again. Okay, I don't want to influence the rest of them. And two, you guys just made me feel so old when you just go back as like the old stuff, like 2000, man, I feel ancient right now, dude. My 2000 was considered, I mean, for me, 2000 was like recent and uh, way back is I'm talking about stuff from the 70s. So... Ah, oh, dude, I seriously got to get a new assistant for this show, man. There's someone younger for this particular <laughs> podcast. <laughs> but in, in terms of your music, so far you have released uh, one track, right? Which is uh, Give Me Something to Sing About. Yes. I kind of like the sound of this one because uh, you might have gone back to the 2000s. I, I feel that it has a bit of the uh, 90s alternative or other 90s rock feel in this particular track. If you really pay close attention to um, it, it's it's basically, if I want to summarize, I would say this was the 90s emo rock kind of thingy. 90s never had an emo rock, but it, that, that, that's what they used to feel like. And it is quite nice because I enjoyed the alternative era from, from the 90s, from the Seattle grunge and all those kind of things. So let's talk a little bit about this song. What's this song all about and who wrote it and, and how did it all start off with this song? Hmm, okay. Uh, well, thank you for bringing it up because I think the 90s definitely also 
takes part in my inspiration as well because I do listen to quite a fair bit of Nirvana. But don't say 90s is a classic, yeah. Please do not say no, 90s is a classic. Not, don't ever do that. <laughs> Not yet. Not, not yet. Give, okay. Give Please, years, maybe. Yes, thank yeah. you. Thank you very much. <laughs> <It's> totally... <laughs> mm, okay, yeah, sorry. But, You're saying a strike. Yeah, but to start off, I think uh, the song, actually, the riff of the song came from our basis. He kind of noodled the, the opening riff, okay. and we kind of just expanded on it as a band. Um, he, showed, he showed it to us, I think, during our second jam sesh. And then we got everyone to just kind of mess around about it. As for the lyrics, um, I, I wrote most of the lyrics. Uh, and I think moving forward as well in Porcelain, most of the lyrics is, uh, comes from me. But basically okay. the song is about um, just getting your point across, you know? Like sometimes okay. when you argue and you talk and sometimes people are a little bit too assertive, you can't get your point across. So you get frustrated and... The, the title Give Me Something to Sing About is more like a no, you give me something to sing about, you know? Okay, yeah. okay, right. Ah, that's <laughs> yeah. nice, man. Because I, I kind of like the tone in this uh, this particular song. I was just listening to it. Like, uh, I, I mentioned this on almost all my podcasts. It's like, it's always before the show. Uh, that's where I listen to the whole thing. And I was just, just about, uh, about half an hour ago, I heard the song a couple of days back and I was listening to it again today. It does give a nice vibe. So, I'm pretty sure that this is not going to be the only single or the track that you're coming out with. Uh, there's going to be a series of tracks, and uh, I think you gave a hint on your social media EP coming soon. So is the whole EP themed as such, or is it going to be something really heavy? Uh, how is it going to sound like? Hmm. I just, oh, is uh, there an EP, anyway? Uh, Are you the producer? <laughs> uh, uh, yes, there is an EP. And... Um, <clears throat> I guess in the EP, we've got a few more heavier tracks, but okay. you're going to see influences of like um, shoegaze, pop punk, and Midwest emo, mainly these three genres in all of the tracks in this EP and probably moving forward. Okay. Um, it's just that uh, the, the facets of these influences might change. So for instance, one song might have like riffage of Midwest emo and like energy of punk. Uh, soundscapes of shoegaze but then we might okay. switch that up uh with different different tracks so so you, so you have a variety of this particular ep mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah we do that's that's nice man and uh, of course uh, like you said earlier you've done about what six shows right hey sorry before i get to the show but so this ep has it been uh, produced as it been i mean uh, all the works are ready to just be released or you're still in the midst of writing and tuning and mixing and mastering which is which now um yeah we, we took november off because we had a pretty busy october of just i guess back-to-back shows in a week and it wasn't small shows it was quite big shows so november we decided to just kind of sit down and write and record so okay. to answer your question, it's in the middle. It's in the process of it right now. Yeah. How long is it going to take before the EP comes out? Well, well you, you have an upcoming show and you just gave a hint that it might come out soon. So is uh-huh. it going to be anytime soon or is it going to be a, a, a longer wait? Well, honestly, December doesn't seem like a good time to release an EP because everyone, it's December is the time for recaps, you know, that's how, that's okay. how I feel. So we're kind of projecting it for a maybe January to February release. Okay, 
Cool. And you have done, you just mentioned a moment ago uh, at, the, at the start of the conversation that you just had about what, six shows or four, four to six shows? Yes. Yes. We okay. Did, yeah. And you, you were talking about the big shows. I'm just curious about this. What kind of songs do you perform when you go on shows if it's not the original? I mean, is it all going to be cover or you just give hints of uh, your upcoming music? How is that for you? Mm, okay, so at our first show, it was we played an open mic. So we only had like okay. three songs to play. Okay. Yeah, so but we kind of squeezed four songs. So it was two originals and two covers and those covers we don't just play any crowd pleaser covers we actually okay. play the songs that would kind of reflect our influences and what we would like to sound like so okay. we cover we cover bands such as nothing and also basement those are our two okay. bands that we usually cover uh on stage so the shows in terms of shows that we play um after the first one, the shows just kind of got bigger and bigger. So we played Sinto Depot and also the B. And those okay. were like maybe half an hour sets. So oh. yeah, we kind of just amped up. By the, by the time we got to our second show, we kind of just start writing more songs. So in our live sets, we actually have three songs, three originals. Okay. And maybe the next one, we'll probably have four. Yeah. Nice. So it's so as the show comes goes on, we're adding it one original you know per show and eventually it's gonna fill up into a 30 minute slot which is i guess the bare minimum to be you know not a cover band <laughs> that's that's absolutely cool man uh, could yeah. you just help me out and tell me uh, wh- wh- which were the shows if you c- if you can recall that you played sure. because i'm trying to figure out whether they have seen you guys or uh, maybe perform because i have a memory of goldfish sometimes i just enjoy the band i don't i don't really uh know who they are but i just love to sit down and just watch feel their energy and listen to their music so maybe i might have stumbled across one of your gigs who could just name me a few that uh, you performed okay um in august we play at Ango studio for an open mic okay. as i mentioned um our second show we played at life at kl um it was a push to play uh it was that was kind of crazy because being a young band we didn't expect to kind of fill up the whole place. We we managed to s- sell at least a hundred tickets. So that was wow, that, that was that kind of gave us a, a huge boost. Yeah, it was, it was pretty a lot. We didn't expect that yeah. kind of show up. That they kind of turned up, and it gave us quite a huge confidence boost to just kind of like you know what, let's apply for other places. Let's, let's do this. Let's do that. <laughs> so of course, after selling out a whole venue uh, of like a hundred, we kind of had to up the ante. So okay. the next show after that, we played Volkswagen Fest at Central Depot, which was like a battle of the bands thing. It was pretty okay. huge. Uh, it was a competition. We didn't manage to win it. But, you know, we didn't win the prize. The experience, man. Yeah, it's an experience. And, but we managed to win a lot of hearts, actually. So that was, I think that's what we came for. And then our most recent one, which is a week after that Volkswagen Fest, we played at the B, which is called uh, Hello, I'm New. Yeah, and that was just okay. a showcase of like new bands that was thrown by uh, Darren from An Honest Mistake. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's the one I saw there. Okay, this time he didn't message me on that one. Usually he does. Uh, okay, but one thing I, I admire about you guys is before coming up with the EP and going on a full blast, you have given the audience a teaser of who you are. You have tested the market. And uh, one thing I've always uh, been encouraged, I mean, I'll always encourage bands was uh, participation into this 
expand challenges and so on at the initial stage. Not because you want to win the thing or not, but it's it's a damn good marketing spot, man. It it's is. Just yeah, like, hey, this is who we are. This is our music is about, all about. It's not about winning, but to showcase what you have to the audience, which is, I find it to be brilliant, man. And uh, of course, you have an upcoming show. Um, before I even get there, I just have this one particular question. I've been wanting to ask the bands that I come on board, how does this so-called gig work for you to go and perform there these days? I mean, back in the day, I know how it worked. But recently, as of lately, how does it go? Like, do you approach the, the studios or the shows saying that, hey, we are around and we want to play this? Or do they invite you and uh, you just go perform for a fee? We, how, how does it work these days? Mm, okay, it kind of work, works both ways. But being a young band, you kind of always have to reach out first. It's okay. like, hey, hey, um, we're porcelain. Uh, is there any slots for us to fill up, you know, for the month and stuff? So you, so I think for the first two shows, it was pretty much that. It was pretty much me or Ajif sending out emails to okay. to any venues to be like, hey, uh, we're porcelain. This is what we do, and can can you slot us in this particular slot? And usually they get back to us and be like, okay, we can't slot you in this time but maybe we can do it next month, you know, that kind of stuff. Okay. But we noticed after our second show, and especially after we released our single, it was a little bit easier to get shows because people have reference points, you know? They have okay. reference points to be like, oh, okay, this band sounds like this. Because uh, without the single, they can. it's honestly up to their imagination. So at least with the single, they can be like, okay, you know what? They are a 2000s shoegaze slash pop punk okay. sounding band, you know? Yeah. So um, I think for the B, we were kind of approached. Uh, for Volkswagen also, we were kind of approached. So B, uh, in terms of fees being paid, uh, half of the time it's just door sales. So uh, okay. yeah, so like how we get paid is based on the turnout. So we before every show, we kind of really amp up our marketing and the they just be like, hey guys, we're having it this Saturday on this month. Please come, you know, that kind of stuff. If you come, we'll give free stickers. Yeah, you know, we, we got to beat them. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I'm impressed you guys are actually getting paid. Yeah. Exactly. Was people approach it's like, okay, no, you just do for free. But thank, thank you. Thank you to all the organizers and uh, venues who actually pay the band. Uh, that's, yeah. that's the most important thing these days. Don't expect anything for free. And, I, uh, I think it's easier this, this time around, though, especially post-COVID. That's why I noticed because okay. previously I, I I before this band I did play with another band and I think before before the MCO and stuff it was a little bit harder to get paid nowadays yeah. I think after MCO people just kind of did their research study at home and like uh, everyone is just very keen to go out and watch shows so yes. I think that's that's partly the reason why bands are actually getting paid now because everyone's that's much a more transparent whole lot of gigs man yeah, There's a whole exactly. lot of gigs happening. It's like it's yeah. you're spoiled for choices. Almost every weekend, uh, a minimum of two gigs per per weekend. A That's minimum. True. I mean, I'm talking about Saturday at least about two to three, and uh, Sunday another two to three, uh, which is nice. I I, I kind of love that whole idea. You're gonna start hanging out more uh, to check out more bands, and uh, it is nice to see the whole uh, fraternity, the independent fraternity, is growing as such. And you have an upcoming show, which I've noticed. And I kind of like the whole concept of it called what? Final Exam? The mm -hmm, mascot's yeah. final year-end show. And you are performing along with the uh, bands with Smesta, 
uh, incident ruang legal. Then there was this uh, insert band. Oh, sorry, insert band name here. Uh, that's one of it. And uh, what what caught my attention was you're encouraged to wear school uniform. Mm-hmm. Is that yeah. how the, the whole theme is all about? Mm-hmm. Yep, it's a whole final exam thing, you know, like oh, prepare exam, akhir tahun. So it's the cuti sekolah. So I guess it's one last round of wearing your baju sekolah and take all your handouts from your teachers to do your summer homework. So yeah, ah. instead of handouts, they're they're getting a new EP from Mascot, I guess. Yeah. Okay. This is asking for trouble. The last thing you need to hear authorities to catching school students. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I was kind of worried when, when they proposed that. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was like looking at the whole thing. It's like, okay, these guys are asking for trouble. Now all the kids who's below 18 years old or 17 years old is going to make this as an excuse that, hey, what the fuck? I got my uniform too. So I'm just going to take it out. <laughs> no, and, so and, you, and you mentioned, you mentioned getting caught, right? Um, Finally, now the venue is like it's just opposite uh, the Balai Police for I think like what was the location? I think like Balai Police to HSD or something. It's just okay. just across. Yeah, so it's it's, it's gonna be interesting. Yeah. Look look at the bright side. It's gonna be secured. Yeah, Free yeah. security, man. You don't need bounces. You have everyone down there. But as yeah. uh, recently, a couple of months, there were issues going on about the authorities raiding and uh, giving. I mean. You know, giving a hard time to most of the bands, uh, venues, and so on. Has that occurred recently? Uh, most recently, with people coming in raids and checks and inspections, um, have you all faced that before, or is it eased, uh-huh. eased off a little bit right now? Uh, funny you should mention that. We kind of ran into that kind of trouble on our second show, actually. Oh. Yeah. So what happened was on our second show is that um, I. Well, we kind of got lucky because honestly, the authorities were just kind of camping out outside to wait for like after a certain time okay. to just walk up and be like, "Hey, you know, it's way past this time. You're making a lot of noise, yeah." But we managed to sh- stop the show in time before they can actually come in and do something about it. Yeah. Hint, hint. So the rest of yeah. the bands out there, you know what to do. Timing yep, is everything. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So we're just like, "Hey, um, the 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 ops are downstairs," you know. Just calm down and you know, just chill about it. So yeah, kind of settled it as how oh. any you know Malaysian incident is settled. I'm gonna mention it, but yeah. So far, uh, you guys haven't got, got yourself caught up in that 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 situation, right? Yeah, being nope, stopped. Like, that was being the closest. Halfway now. Okay, yeah, I know, lucky no, yeah. you, man. Yeah, well, actually, once in a while, experiencing it could be fun, also. It is fun. It was pretty thrilling. It was, it was the first time for all of us. Even the other bands were like, "Whoa, that was so cool!" It's like this was our first show here, and like, "Wow, you been tested? He called out my name. The cop called out my IC." <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh. Like, Whoa, I never thought. That's rock and roll, man. That's rock and roll. Yeah, yeah we went to a fortunate show like this. Yeah. Oh man, it is an experience indeed. But I, but I, I've seen a lot of uh, indie bands lately. Um, I, I admire them very much because I had a chat with the country called who was it? I was talking to the best part about having uh, indie bands these days. They're very disciplined compared to what it was before. Now mm-hmm. they're all like well planned. Uh, I mean, their planning is amazing. It's like you know the quality of work has increased a lot. Uh, putting a lot of effort in technology and upgrading themselves and showmanship, you know the whole whole details, uh, which I admire very very much compared to the old school guys. And uh, it has improved. The community has been supportive among each other. Uh, that was amazing, man. I've seen guys who just basically tour band members who just follow other gigs, other bands who are performing, 
And uh, do you guys do the same thing? Like, do you all like support other bands? Do you go visit other gigs as as frequent as possible? Uh, me, yes. I I try to go to a show at least maybe twice or three times a month, as much as oh. my pocket allows me. Because that's a, yeah, that's sure, a lot. There, there is a lot more shows now, but I think the prices are kind of going up too. But with, with <laughs> reason, of course, with reason, definitely. Yeah, cost. Yeah, yeah. Cost. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, how about you, Ajit and and uh, and Doubt? How about you guys? Do you guys go out frequently? And uh, oh yeah, before I forget, who do you f- enjoy watching most when it comes to gigs? Who do you follow the most? Mm, okay, I, I'll let Ajit go first. <laughs> oh. uh, I I haven't really been able to go for a lot of it, mostly due to schedule clashes or you know money issues and stuff. But the ones that I have gone to, I guess. Uh, mm, I've enjoyed watching uh, Mascot play live. I've been okay. playing with them on the 18th again. I think the energy is insane. Um, I've enjoyed watching the Filters play live. They're pretty good as well. Okay. And um, yeah, those are the two that come to my mind off the top of my head right now. Mm. So yeah. Doubt. How about you, Doubt? Yeah, I don't really have a, I guess, like go-to band. Um, but most of the time, I try I try to kind of drop by uh, Mardikarya. Uh, whenever they have okay. like an open mic or something, um, most of the times you know they have an open mic and a and a headliner, um, and you know whenever my friends open mic or headline, you know I'll just drop by, you know show my support, say hi, um, and you kind of meet meet a new a lot of new bands that way. Um, I think a lot of bands do use Merdekaria as a kind of like platform to just like maybe like launch themselves off, and I think it's really cool that they provide that platform. And you know like more studios and more venues are popping up left and right that that allow you know these new bands to showcase himself not not just new but even like you know more like old school or more like veteran bands i guess you could call them like the ogs yeah. even these guys are showing up here and you know supporting the venue and you know showing that no venue is too small right you can just mm-hmm. go like you can just pop up inside the road and play and you know if you have an audience you know your music is reaching people and i think that's that's pretty cool yeah but deca raya yeah. has been very very supportive to uh, the independent scene and uh uh, upcoming musicians, especially, uh, they've been doing it for a very long time. I think Brian, uh, Brian, right? Yeah, Brandon Gomez, Brian, yeah, Brian yeah. he's been supporting Brian. Yeah, Brian. Um, there's another place I got to, got to go because I'm a bit scared to go to this kind of places for one particular reason. Uh, it's hard for me to go in sober and come out sober. So, <laughs> <laughs> if you know what I mean, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's not like you bump into old friends and it's like, hey, well, one for the road, one for the road, and one thing leads to another. So whenever I visit uh, uh, <laughs> gigs and venues, I'll be the guy sitting at the corner making sure that nobody sees me and uh, just watch the show and come out. And uh, Adam, you haven't told me yet uh, who are your go-to bands? Oh, my go-to bands. Um, actually, I'm in the same boat as though. I kind of just go to whichever bands that kind of caught my eye, especially the okay. interesting ones, the interesting names. But for the most part, I do enjoy a lot of mascot and the filters as well. It's just like Ajif. Those are quite my go-to. I would I would try to attend their shows as much as I can. But then after yeah. maybe one or two, they're just playing the same set list. That's when I kind of branch out to go watch other bands. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay, okay. So this is the uh, two bands that I think I might want to check out too. Mascot mm-hmm. and Filter, is it? Yep. Yes, sir. Okay. Got to check them out soon. And uh, well, uh, of course, when it comes to music and uh, uh, I don't know, all the watching shows, doing shows, I'm pretty sure there are plans for you guys to come up with a music video. If it's not the full-fledged production, uh, there's also going to be ideas of at least a DIY. Has anything crossed your mind mm-hmm. on that one? Uh, well, Using your shows as at least at least a template or a background for your music video. 
yeah, it does cross our mind. We we like I guess back to our inspirations of like Midwest and shoegaze, especially the Midwest bands. They do tend to have a lot of music videos where it's just them being in a huge crowd and just kind of have fun and just kind of yeah. um, mix and match every single show and put in there. We do have plans for that. So I guess in order to prepare ourselves to eventually make a music video like that, we do have a media team every single show that we go to that tries okay. to take pictures or at least have a video. Yeah. Uh, wow, just to, just own, to prepare, yeah. Your own media team. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they're not paid. They're just pretty much friends that we just like, hey. I like those kind of friends. <laughs> those are the, the kind of friends you want to keep as much as possible, as many as possible, and yeah. be loyal to you at all times, man. It's hard mm-hmm. to find friends like that. It's it's nice. It's nice. I always enjoy. I kind of miss the whole that feel of this guy, uh, these things that happen and gigs, man. It's really enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, I wish someday I could just sing and play music so I can start my own band and have the same experience. But for now, I'll just stick to talking to bands a lot. That's the best thing I could <laughs> do for the moment. Uh. <laughs> but how, how how is it for you being newcomers into the scene? But of course, you all have experience being musicians and all. Um, the current state and uh, after after the pandemic and all, uh, things that you think could have, uh, I've asked this question before, but I'm going to do it again, that you think that should be improved in the scene, things that people neglect, things that could be fine-tuned, uh, especially when it comes to venues, uh, venues and uh, you know promoters and all. What do you think should they add on and uh, add on and get rid of uh, during, whenever, whenever they organize uh, a gig or a show? Mm, okay, I think for the most part, most of the issues has been addressed because people were staying in. They get to learn and they get to, I guess, um, learn how the dynamics between organizers or venues and between bands and how they should kind of interact with each other, you know? Because I feel like before MCO, uh, before the whole pandemic thing, most venues would just go up to bands and be like, haha, play for this thing. We have an event. Okay. Here's exposure, you know? But now, at the very least, venues and organizers would be like, what's your rate, you know? Well, how much okay. How much is it for the remunerate show? And I guess it's just up to the band. If you have an EP out, you, you can charge a little bit more. But for okay. newer bands, you, you're kind of just looking at about maybe 300 to 500 if you're lucky. Yeah, just to cover night. your transport costs, like, at least. Yeah, cover, cover the transport costs, cover, cover our food, you know. Yeah. Okay. But things to improve on... Um, I guess I I would appreciate it if venues have a little bit uh, uh, they care more about their graphics, especially when it comes to posters. Because for okay. us personally, porcelain, we we do our graphics uh, ourselves. You know, if you okay. notice our Insta page, every single show we have like a little collage thing that goes on yeah. that kind of just connects the whole thing. So and personally, I think half of the work in music is actually how you portray yourself. You know? Okay. Yeah, like people, people like, sh- uh, people like to see things. You know, so yeah. if you can kind of make it very interesting and very colorful, that's how you get the crowd. Uh, that's how you build your persona as a band. Okay, the branding so, itself. Uh. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I, I think things to improve on is where venues and organizers respect bands' personas. If that makes okay. sense. Yeah. Not just so just that, invite them for the sake of it and. Uh, yeah, that, that's very important. Even for me, or when it comes to this podcast, uh, creating the poster and details and uh, what I mentioned, it's, it is very important because it's the band's reputation at the end of the day. Yeah, it is. It's, it's all in the little details that, that kind of keeps the fans going, you know? Because if it's very general and like, 
uh, everything looks basic. People it, people tend to forget easily. It's where you have like little little jokes that you put in your media. It's where people will be like, haha, you know what? This band is kind of cute. This band is kind of okay. funny. You know, they they bought it doing that little detail. Yeah. How about you, Ajit? Ajit and Dao, do you guys do you all feel the same? Is there something else that you think that should be added and should be uh, improved in the gigs or by, by the organizers? Mm. I, I think I share the same views as Adam, but you can go ahead. But no, it's okay. Go ahead, uh, Dao. I need yeah. I need to give this a thought. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I share the same view as Adam. I think um, you know some some venues. Um, I think yeah, they they can take more, a bit more care in, in the kind of effort they put into their graphics. Because like Adam said, you know, porcelain, we do we do take a lot of care and consideration into making sure that what we display visually, you know, is is appealing to to our audience and you know what we want to portray ourselves as, um, that that kind of whole band image. And this goes back to something you said earlier, which was um, you know, bands are getting more and more professional, more and more like, like the market is getting yeah. more and more like kind of like these indie bands are going really serious. And you know, yes. like it's completely different from like probably your time and our time, and it's just the competition that 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 exists. Like you know, like Porcelain, if we don't um, kind of put all this effort into our marketing and into like put, putting our image out there, I think we'll get drowned out by by all, every other band. So we want to really push push this boundary and you know, you know, really do our best in making sure that you know we we can fight at the top, and and just you know, uh, you know, show the world who we are. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I think yeah, venues venues should be able to do the same. And I think from as a drummer, from from a drummer's perspective, um, I just wish the venues had like better kits set up. Maybe you know, um, okay, you yeah, know, take a bit of care, yeah. take a bit of care in 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 some of the equipment they provide. Yeah, you know, I can't complain. It's it's a it's a kit that you know the the, the venue is providing it. You know, at least I don't have to. But haul the maintenance my whole should be improved. Drum. Yeah, you know, I don't have to haul my whole drum set there, but. You know, um, I, I guess you know, like like small like creature comforts, like at least like, you know, like for example, like the chair. Um, I wish the chair could could be adjustable. Um, okay. Because, you know, like, yeah, because like I, uh, not every drummer is the same height. Um, so like <laughs> sometimes the, the, the chair at the, at the, <laughs> the, the the chair at the venue, right? It's like it's like all the way like up, and you can't oh, move man. it at all. It's like it's like dead bolted into place. Like someone welded that that chair like. Oh, like you you just can't adjust it, and oh, you 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 you'll be stuck in this awkward playing position. And you you try to move every other piece of the kit, um, to suit your height and suit your playing style, but it just doesn't work. Um, oh. so I think that I think that's that's the minimum. I think like having a chair that can be variably adjusted whenever you want is the first step to I think making sure that the drummer is comfortable. Um, but you know, um, I've been playing for over ten years, and you know, it's just something you just get used to. Which is why I think at, at when when the drummers start touring or like maybe they get more serious, uh, they start investing in in their own like um, equipment. Just 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 as like you know Adam and Ajay as, as guitarists, um, they would probably want to have you know ideally like maybe their own uh, like amp setup or something you know that that yeah, they are yeah. happy with. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, it's just stuff like that. And maybe like um, one one pet peeve I guess drummers have is when the cymbals don't have a like a felt, um, so like the symbols are protected by this like plastic and felt piece, yeah, um, and like a screw, so that when you hit it, it doesn't fly off. So some venues don't have this, and and it's a bit annoying. Um, given you, be you know like, me. yeah, yeah, some some venues like it, it, it either is like it's just there as like a cosmetic piece, like you can't spin it, it just kind of just stays there. Um, 
it, it should be functional, right? But I, I can't complain, you know, I, I kind of gotten used, I've kind of gotten used to it. But, you know, like us playing more heavy stuff, if you will probably like a jazz band, um, you could get away with it. But, you know, since we play some heavier stuff on like maybe like pop yeah. punk uh, side or like maybe from like uh, a heavier version of like Midwest emo, like the spectrum of, of heavy. Um, so, you know, like when we really go hard uh, during like a breakdown or something, um, you know, my worry is like the symbol flying off. Um, <laughs> and, and that would just completely like ruin, ruin the set. That would be so cool, uh, man, to watch the band. Yeah, one but it, it would be like a really cool video. Like, hey, mom, like, look, yeah. flying saucer. It is true. It's like, because some of the maintainers are, this works both ways, um, not only by the venue, uh, provider, the organizers itself, uh, maintaining those equipments are important, but also some of the bands that uh, use those equipments should handle it with care. It doesn't mean just because you don't own the thing, it's not yours. If you don't maintain it, the next time you come back, you're going to have the uh, same issue also. So I think it works both ways for band and also organizers to maintain your equipments. And Ajit, do you feel that you have the same thing? Do you, what's your issue with this whole thing? Um... I guess if there's one thing I want venues to improve and, and this is not really a big deal, but you know, while we're on the topic, I guess maybe venues should um have a bit more respect for a band's tech rider. So like uh-huh. a tech rider is like, like you know, the list of stuff that you send to the venue, say, okay, this is what we have and this is what we need you to provide for us. Okay. And uh sometimes um the venue might not um adhere to this tech rider, and that's okay. fine. But um, as much as possible, where it's possible, I would love for venues to pay more attention to the tech writer and be like, okay, so this band wants this, let's try to get them this. And if they really can't, then I guess reach out to the band and say, hey, you know, you put this in your tech writer and we can't provide it, you know, can we look okay. for any alternative means or stuff like that? Yeah, basically but that. But do they, do they actually approach the bands prior to the show and ask for your tech writers? Mm-hmm. Or is this like, hey, this is all we have? And they say, do they ask for your tech writers, is it? Uh, yeah, that yeah. usually happens for yeah. bigger shows and not for gigs per se. Mm, yeah, these days, I, I think it's a standard procedure for them to ask. Uh, at the very least, get the basic things, uh, you know, like a okay. uh, four-piece drum kit, that kind of stuff, guitar amps. Just, uh, the, no a, just a very basic form of attack, right? They, they no wonder Gary, Darren was pissed off the other day. It's like I saw his status. Like, what's the point of giving asking a tech writer if you're not going to provide yeah, anything yeah, in the yeah, tech yeah. writer? Okay, okay, now I get it. <laughs> now I get it. Well, what is happening down there? But uh, for me, uh, for me on a personal note, I don't know. When I look at this whole thing that uh, uh, venues, I like it. I appreciate what they're doing, getting more people. But there's one thing I think they could improve on. Venue providers, please do not take me to this. Is the ambience of the whole venues like it's sometimes it's yes. just a bit too dull i wish they just had different concepts or every month or week or shows because sometimes when you just look at some of the social media pages and every band that has performed in a certain venue it's like for months it still looks the same no matter what who mm-hmm. what theme what show what goes on it's the same background the same environment so it's kind of boring when you look at it, especially when you go check out the shows. Like, come on, man, come on! Yeah, at least a little upgrade, like change the curtains a bit from blue <laughs> to red color or something like that. You know, that, yeah. it, it also helps with the show, right? Yeah, like every every venue, like nowadays, is pretty much just like concrete wall, concrete floor, and then the stage. Right? <laughs> Yeah, in the age in the age where everything is documented via social media, you need to have some good pics, man. You need to have some good pics to actually show your venue. Because I think I I could guarantee I could say this 
daringly that at least shows six shows or rather six bands that perform everything looked alike six different uh, times different dates different shows but when it came up with the social media it looked like everything happened in one day that's true yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah that happens a lot so i think i think we should look into that also man that's something that uh, i hope could change Anyway, guys, I know I've taken so much of your time. It's, uh, well, while recording this is past midnight and it's past your bedtime. Tomorrow is back to work again. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> it's okay. It's all good. Yeah. But but just curious, all of you all are working in three different different places, right? Adam was telling me off, off air before we even started recording that he works for a fintech company. And Ajit, you're still studying right now. And mm-hmm. Adam, you are with the which company again? Uh, which bis- mm-hmm. line of business? Uh, of me, uh, hey, sorry, not Adam. Uh, doubt, doubt. Sorry, pardon me, doubt. Oh yeah, I'm a I'm a software engineer. I'm, I'm at a small okay. startup. But so funny you yeah. mentioned that. I, I yeah, I, I resigned this morning. <laughs> Congratulations, <laughs> freedom. <laughs> so it's a the, guarantee the, the he'll first... not be late for the next jamming session. <laughs> but no excuse this time. The first step to the first step to freedom. Unfortunately, in in, in a tech role or like a software engineering role. Your resignation tends to be a bit longer, so mine's two months. Oh, so, man. Yep, yep, yep. Well, Come down to freedom, um, man. Come down to freedom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. man. Yeah. Best of so luck with we'll you guys. Next. Yeah, well, it's yeah, good, you. good, good. Thank you. Anyway, once again, thank you so much for taking the time and coming on board the uh, podcast. I really enjoyed talking to you guys, and I'm just looking forward to uh, checking out the shows hopefully soon. I uh, hopefully can make for the one next one, which is going to be on 11th of December, right? 18th of, December. 18th of December and where is this again location this, this is going to be at Mutu KL which is at Pasar Suni so it's going to be a rooftop venue so hopefully oh. no one falls off yeah. <laughs> Pasar Suni man I miss that place you used to have the yeah. shows over there I'm going to check that out so that's happening I'll try to post the details on the website if it's possible and please do follow these guys on their social media page here not so porcelain that's on the Instagram uh, you have a Facebook page do you I don't know anyone who uses Facebook or not but no. no, Facebook. Okay, nah, YouTube page. Now, no. Do you have a YouTube page? Not yet. Not maybe yet. coming okay. soon. Yeah, maybe coming soon. Comes. Okay, then mm-hmm. I'll look forward for that. And uh, Spotify, yes, their single it's available on Spotify. Give me something to sing about. Uh, check it out for yourself. I'll post that tra- track on the website too, so you can check it out for uh, yourselves. And please remember, follow them, follow and share the music. Not only just listen to it, share it with as many people as possible. That is absolutely important. Please do that. So before I sign you off, uh, is there anything like guys like to add on? Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for the opportunity and thank you for for, for having us on and talking. It's been fun. Yes, it is. It Mm -hmm. is. It's exciting talking to you guys. You guys seem to be very, very interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What was that? Did I? I seriously have no idea what I just said for the past 45 minutes. I'm just kidding, man. I was just kidding. <laughs> I just wanted to see whether the face still works or not. But anyway, thank you so much, guys. I'll see you guys soon. And best of luck in your uh, shows and your upcoming music, which I hope you don't take too long to release. Lah. Don't keep us waiting for <laughs> yep. too long. Since after this conversation, yes, I'm so sir. looking forward for it. It's a great track. Give me something to sing about. Available on Spotify. Check it out for right now. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Thank you Dom.